Pastor Moore's coming right now. Come on, let's love the Lord. Let's love the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, how I love Jesus. I love the Lord Jesus. I love the Lord Jesus. I love oh, Lord. how he loved me. When I was unlovable. When I was just an old sinner. But a love of the Father that showed up. Of all of humanity and given chance to all of humanity. All of humanity can be saved and redeemed and reconciled. Oh, how I love him. And oh, how I want to show the love of the Father by the power of the Holy Ghost flowing out of my life. No greater love than this. That man will lay down his life. Almost every time we go and think of Jesus. But those same instructions are given to you and I. He that's willing to lay down his life and take up the cross. Is the one that's going to be saved. God help us. We want to lay down our lives for this kingdom work. Man, for the love of the master, the love of the king. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful presence of the Lord here this morning. God bless you. It's good to see each one of you. House of the Lord today to worship him. Amen. To magnify him and to let him to walk up and down these aisles and into our hearts and our lives today. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. It's going to fit right in with our lesson today. Praise the Lord. Appreciate all of our classes, our Sunday school teachers. God bless each one of you as you make your way back to class this morning. Uh, let's pray for our Sunday school teachers that God would mightily anoint them and use them. They have about 45 minutes to an hour. We will be having a baptismal service right after service this morning. Sister Teresa is going to be taking on the lovely name of Jesus. In baptism, watery grave, the word of God has taught us, amen, part of salvation. We still believe it's essential. It's a part, amen, of the process. And so we're looking forward to that. But uh, thank God for Sunday school classes and Sunday school teachers, amen, to take on the endeavor of imparting the word of God into the souls and the heart of our children, our young people, and how important that is somehow to persuade them, somehow to convince them of this great gospel and truth. Amen. There's so much it bombards them throughout the week. And, you know, we only have three services on the normal, amen, three times a week compared to uh, all the time of the world and the enemy and the attack of the enemy against our hearts, our minds, and spirits. So, it's very important, and I hope, I hope already that you've been praying, but uh, if not, let's pray for our Sunday schools, teachers, that God would mildly anoint them, that in this, also pray for the students, that God would move upon them, that they would have a desire, they'd have a desire to learn, they'd have a desire to know what the scriptures have to say, they'd have a desire to know God in his truth, man, to know the truth. Amen. To fall in love with the word, to, to fall into, to respect it, to see the power of it, the operation of it. What a God's likened unto a sword, it's likened to a hammer, it's likened to things of this nature. We know it's alive, we know it's forever settled in the heavens. Amen. We're begotten by the word. Amen. We're begotten by the word. Somebody came in the hardware store just this week and 
and uh, it's talking about you know he doesn't go to the truth any longer going somewhere else but found out that this particular church is going to have a sing and so he's going to go back there for the singing said man I enjoy that singing 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 and uh, the sweetness in me wouldn't allow me to be cocky and so I wouldn't but uh, I wanted to ask him what are you begotten by <laughs> hallelujah you can go enjoy the singing but you're begotten by the word amen hallelujah so if there's ever been a time God help us help us have an ear to hear the word of God have an understanding not to let the fowls of the air, which represents the spirits of the world, to come and take it out. For it has a chance, amen, to produce what it desires. Because I'm telling you what, the Word of God, can, if we allow it in our own hearts, our minds, and spirit, the Word, amen, can produce the things of our Heavenly Father. Amen. To walk in His streets, to be in his, walk in His footsteps, to be the examples. That's what being the temple of God, the vessel of God is all about. Amen. I thought about that this week. The Bible talks about uh, the builder of the house. Who really gets the glory? The house or the builder? We are amazed sometimes the structure of houses and the builder. But yet it's the builder. Am I right? Amen. And so who's our builder? Whose house are we? We're the Lord's. We're Jesus Christ. And so thank God for our builder, our architect. A man called Jesus Christ. Amen. It's good to see you today. Appreciate you. Got a good lesson. Studied it out, looked at it. Uh, anybody ever deal with fear? Not careful, sometimes we'll take the, that scripture and we'll say all fear. But, but you know what? Uh, the Holy Ghost didn't deliver us from all fear, did it? Every fear. How little has it on me this morning? Huh. How many still scared of spiders? Afraid of them? Got the Holy Ghost? So the Holy Ghost doesn't deliver us... So all fear is not bad. Am I right? In the scripture talks about fear. There's different type of fears. There's some fears that we ought to have. How many has ever heard the statement about their little baby? Especially when it's only a year old. Somewhere in that ballpark. A little under, a little over. Well, they're not afraid of nothing. A lot of times that's not a good thing. Most of the time it's not. They're, they'll go upstairs and they'll... Do things that they ought not do because of their age. They're subject to fall and hurt themselves or are even subject to be killed. That's the reason our laws had to go to in what we would consider sometimes extreme. And so uh, such an uncomfort a man to have to restrain our children in an automobile in a car seat. Because, and you know what brought this about? Because of lack of fear. What could or might would happen if this child is not buckled in. Or if it's whatever. And then the, the, the impact and what could happen. And so it's been proven. And I know we can debate that and argue with that. And say, well, there's been some killed because they had seatbelts on. But the percentage far outweighs the other direction. That seatbelts have saved more than it has caused lives. So that's, you know, I'm just giving some exact examples here. 
So we, we understand that, that, you know, freedom from fear. So I believe there's a certain type of fear that, that the scripture and what Paul was even helping Timothy to understand. Amen. To, 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 you know, that this fear didn't come from God. Now, there's nothing wrong with good, wholesome fear. Amen. If you bring a rattlesnake in here, you're going to see a side of me you probably had never seen. You'll see a response from me. I'm, I'm pretty calm. You can push me a long ways. I'm not a physical man. I don't try to get in fights and stuff like that. But you come here and throw a snake on me, I'm going to knock your lights out. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't beat around the bush about it. <laughs> Had a young gentleman at work going to throw one on me. Kept talking about it, talking about it. And he actually mentioned it to my brother, Anthony. My brother, Anthony, looked at him and told him, he said, I'm going to tell you something, buddy. He said, I wouldn't do that. He said, I know. He said, I wouldn't do that if I was you. And all I can say, the consequences have been his. He's been warned. Once you've been warned, you know, when you've been warned that a rattlesnake will bite you and it'll kill you, it's your fault when you play with it. Same way with the devil. Same way with flesh. Same way with the spirits of the world. You can't play with them. You can't gamble with them. Freedom from fear. Praise God. How would you like to be in a no-fear place? No, no fear whatsoever. None. That's coming. It's day, that hour. That's part of our inheritance. Amen. And um, thank God for it. But we got so much to look forward to in the coming of the Lord and the rapture itself and what's going to happen immediately following after that and all the things and events after that. But we got to hold on until that happens. And uh, I believe this is one of the fears uh, and areas that, that I believe he's talking about here. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit by the help of the Lord's freedom from fear. How many of us fear death? I ain't asking for a response. How many of us fear death? How many of us live with that maybe honing us, but maybe not ourselves, but possibly a loved one, a friend or neighbor? And we know, we know that we're living in an hour, we're living in a world that's so uncertain that you just never know. You can walk in any business and what may erupt, what may take place. And, and the more that you see of guns and bearing of guns and, and not bearing them, whatever, you know, some people have idea if you take everybody's guns, and that's, that's so crazy. But anyway, you know, the bad guy, the lawless is lawless, buddy. You can pass all the laws. You can stack them up in here to this ceiling. But he's, he's lawless. Those laws don't mean nothing to him of controlling him, of doing what he gets ready to do. I mean, the, the Bible, even the law helps us to understand that in the Old Testament. It was limited. Why? Because the weakness of flesh. So that's the same way the laws of the land, you know, if uh, we can pass the laws and here's how we, we use a method of fear by if you get caught. They know the law is not going to force an individual, but it's the penalty if you get caught is what creates the fear whether or not you're going to do it or not. Praise God. We don't go out and head like buck deer because, you know, if it only cost $20, they wouldn't be a buck deer left around. Huh. Am I right? But I remember a time whenever they used to, they would take your gun, your automobile, find you two or $3,000 and lose your license for three years. And over that little six point. <laughs> or that and they didn't even have any horns. You know, that don't make sense. And so with a penalty that came along with that law, 
Amen. It, it caused a fear or maybe some good reasoning. <laughs> As you reasoned it out, that ain't worth it. That's the reason we don't, you know, we have laws as pastor not to drink and drive. Praise God. Because there's some outcomes of that. There's some reasons for that. And it could cost you, you know, it could cost you dearly. Cost somebody else their life, but also cost you your life. Wind up in jail all your life. So, but anyway, here we go. Amen. God has given us what? The power to live without fear. I know I'm messing you up already this morning. How many of you are living without fear? <laughs> Praise God. Good answer. Hallelujah. None of us. We all fear something of some form and fashion. So apparently when, when, when this is addressed, especially from God, there is, a, there is something there. There is a, a, a topic, a subject, what he's talking about. Amen. That's, that's what he's addressing. That God, amen. Live without fear. <laughs> and so, and, and I kind of just, you know, well, anyway. Second Timothy 1 and 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. God hadn't given us the spirit of fear. Praise God. And so, but what has he given us? The spirit of what? Power, love, and of what? A sound mind. What's one of our major struggles today that's become more prevalent, become more realistic, more obvious to us than 60 years ago? Mind issues. It's not showing up just in the, uh, our elders, but we see it even in our children. Mind problems. We've got names for them. We've got medication. We've got things of this nature. But we, we can see it even in the New Testament. We see it with Jesus Christ and things of that nature. And so a sound mind, man, to power, and then of love. So these are topics that shows the, the power of God that's in our lives. The, the measure of God that's in our lives. And how we approach life. It's never intent for God to do this in a corner. Did you know that? God didn't do it in a corner. God did not hide himself. If you read the scriptures closely and start with in the book of Genesis, amen, even from the very beginning, God, God, amen, he, he, he wanted to be known. He wanted to have fellowship. That was for the reason the creating of Adam and Eve. And then after that relationship was broken by an enemy that, that slipped in, that deceived and beguiled and slipped in and broke that fellowship, God didn't just wash his hands and forget about it. No, he said, I got a plan. I got a direction. And, and you, know, you know how all this unfolds. And so uh, we know it's God's heartbeat and will to, to be God in our lives, to reveal or make himself known unto humanity, unto each one of us. Amen. To know him. To know him by his voice. To know him by his touch. To know him. And so one of the, the greatest ways we know how to know him is through his word. Amen. Especially with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so as we, we go through this, as we watch um, this lesson, and I'm not sure just how it's going to all unfold here and um, uh, what's going to take place. The uh, phobias is what it's, it's called here, or the, the fear, the extreme fear. And he gave us a list of the ten top things of what people fear most. Amen. Spider is among that. Thundering and lightning is among that. 
uh, from all accounts, possibly what maybe atopped all of those was uh, speaking, making uh, public speaking. Amen. Uh, people has made great sums of money because they weren't afraid to be a public speaker. They worked on it. They focused on it. They, man, they, they learned by these means and ways. Uh, they can hold offices. They can become leaders, man, by speaking. They may not never uh, live a life full of nothing, but if they just know how to talk, they can just say what the people want to hear. I'm saying a lot more than what you think I'm saying. And um, that's the reason we're in the condition we're in. And now in from the White House and different other places is because, amen, when you get polished, you know, we change. We're not like the West, you, you know, we don't, it ain't who can draw the fastest now, it's who can have the silver tongue. And it's all about a play of words and adjusting them and removing them and things of that nature. And so that's the same thing here, but before just talking about distorting, twisting and taking God's word. And so we see the prince of the air in the garden done the very same thing. I'm going somewhere. Watch this. Because it's words, a man, that can distort our minds. Distort our fellowship with God and with one another. It can mess up our hearts. It can mess up the soundness of our mind. It can mess up our spiritual being by words. It's words that will sustain us. It's also words that can build us. It's words that can add to and strengthen us. And so it's so important it is for us, for you and I, to be able to hear. And then understand what we're hearing. Praise God. You wouldn't have no fear if I, you know, uh, and the lesson's going to talk about this some, but, you know, certain, certain mentioning of things. If all of a sudden that, that um, Amber Alert went out across your phone and all of a sudden uh, the individual, they just picked up two kids from Bendale, Mississippi. What would your actions be if it was from Bendale, Mississippi or from Timbuktu in California? What would your fear level do? Because Mendel, Mississippi is our community, our loved ones, our friend. We might know who they are. We experienced that just a little bit here a while back. Didn't know there was no blood, but you, you know, you know what happened. But anyway, so, so the writer in the very beginning of this culture connection. I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on that just a little, if you don't mind, and uh, because this helps us to understand. Uh, what it meant, what Paul's writing to Timothy about God and what God gives us. And uh, I think it's very important, amen, to understand that. Especially after becoming a believer. After making confession. And making profession. That Jesus Christ is my Savior. That Jesus Christ is the bishop of my soul. That Jesus Christ is the great shepherd. As the writer put it in Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's the supplier of my every need. I find my sufficiency in him. I find all of my totality in him. It's the reason I can find contentment in him when I could not find it in other things of this world. 
things that other materialistic things could not produce for me. I can find it in him. I can find comfort. I can find peace. I can find joy. I can find all these substance that makes us and what we really desire to experience and hold on to day in and day out. And that's in this walk and fellowship with this almighty God. Now, we don't get to experience it to the fullness yet, but it's a part of the salvation package. We got a taste of it. We get to sit in heavenly places. That doesn't mean that all of our life is going to be heavenly and with no trials or afflictions and things of this nature. But yet we have the comfort to know that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he's right there to help us. Amen. So regardless of the outcome of the situation, we're going to be winners. We're going to be victorious. So when you watch some of this, so one of the first things he helps us is he talks about... The very mention of the word, the fear, how it, it, the, the insight of fear, how it would, to hear it. Have I heard anybody make the statement, this has been one of my parents, what's, what's one of your dreaded things is raising children? Especially when the phone call and your teenagers are out and all of a sudden the phone rings at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. What happens? And we have the comfort and we pray over them. We plead the blood over them. But what happens when all of a sudden you get the phone call? So we, we got things. So good, God's going to help us. Praise God. So how, how do we do this? How do we respond to this? How do we handle some of this? And, and so he goes on. He helps us with Peter. First Peter 5 and I'm going to back up one verse, if you don't mind, a couple of verses, act one verse. Humble yourself, therefore, unto what the mighty hand of God, that he may want to exalt you in due time. So as you and I became followers of Jesus Christ, believers and disciples of Jesus Christ, we did first, and this is Peter, this is Peter, the same one that had the keys. And so here he is, he's helping us out here, and he's talking to people that's already got the Holy Ghost. But we still have to do what? Humble ourselves unto the mighty hand of God. And when we do that, watch the next verse. Casting all. Not some. Not those that we... Uh, we don't live for God and handle our lives and dictate our lives as long as we can handle Then all of a sudden... Because here's what happens. When we try to do that, there's coming a moment, there's coming a time, there's coming a situation that you cannot handle regardless of all how successful you've been. I promise you, there's coming a moment, there's coming a time living for God. Hallelujah. If you, especially if you've been the one that's pulled the strings and you've got it. and Man, I've been doing a good job. And we don't say that. <laughs> we don't confess that. But I promise you, there's coming a time and a moment that's going to come things our way that we just, we can't handle it. So, we, so the point I'm trying to make here, we do not choose what we cast. Not in the essence as far as I can handle this, God. Don't worry about it. You're busy. I know you're busy. I, I got you. Because if we do that on a normal because what, what Paul, he said, pray about all things. And, and if we're successful, praying about the little stuff and the things that may not be so important. 
But if we learn how to hear his voice and follow his instructions in these areas, it builds our confidence. It builds our faith. So when things become even more greater and more, especially things that we may even regret and fearfully pray about that we may have to face. And who knows what we're going to have to face as vessels of God. Because all this changes. The warfare changes. Your life changes. A man of who and what you are upon this earth. Especially the moment you become a believer of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Not only is that whenever you receive the Holy Ghost. But whenever you all of a sudden are smoked by the word of God. And you believe it. And you start reaching for it. And you want truth. That moment changes. The spiritual realm in your life. And the devil's uh, outcome or the devil's uh, 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 attitude toward you. From that moment, he's going to try to start doing everything he can to derail you. That's the reason it shocks some people whenever they start first coming to God and seeking him before even they get the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden chaos and things like that begin to happen in their lives. They think, I, I thought, you know, I'd start getting some of this. It's nothing but the enemy. And sometimes God's allowed that because here's what happens. That's what helped build the love and trust. And also kept us learn, even before we even get the Holy Ghost, cast our cares. Because this is some of the best way to handle fear. I'm more accurate here this morning. You want to give me credit. We got confidence as long as we're, we're, we're mashing the buttons and we're controlling the things. We got confidence in what? And who? So sometimes, well, I'm in the Holy Ghost. But sometimes God says, okay, buddy, you, you've done it. You've done a good job. I appreciate that. But I'm fixing to send something to show you that you can't do this by yourself. And God never does any of this, amen, to destroy us. Everything that comes from a child of God, from God, is to help perfect us, shape us, and prepare us because there's something else coming down the road. That's going to swallow us up if he doesn't prepare us before we ever get there. And God's always tried to prepare his people prior. To, to act like fear is not a, a, a problem. I'm telling you fear is a serious problem. Fear level. What we fear. Uh, how many feels real secure in this country today? How many goes to bed not locking your doors and your windows? And rightly so. I'm not. I'm just telling you. And so the enemy is working even in those areas in that, that manner and way. Because what does fear produce? I can demonstrate to you what it does. When you're just about to step on a rattlesnake, what happens? I got accused of walking on water one time. <laughs> I may have. I don't know. I didn't argue with them. I'll never forget it. I got, I got some brothers that could back this up. But anyway, we was fishing, and my brother, my oldest brother, Danny, was going into some limbs. 
going to tie up to it. And about the time I went to reach that limb, there was a moccasin on it. I didn't even stop. So I went right out, that, right out that boat, right on that sandbar, just like that. And there was three or four steps before the sandbar. But I was dry as I could be. And all that happened about, about that fast. But that snake didn't get to bite me. <laughs> he didn't get to fall in my lap. Bad thing to take that gun to shoot your boat full of holes. <laughs> I might went out. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so sometimes we can demonstrate it a lot better than we can. So it causes torment. It causes you to move and do and take on actions and respond. Amen. I, I mean, have you ever made the statement, you know, I, you know I, I'm going to hurt you. You didn't mean to, but you run over somebody. I'm not the big guy that runs in and tries to catch them hogs. <laughs> Y'all going to catch that thing. Y'all going crazy. God, we got good, a good, perfect gun here. I mean, <laughs> from a distance. I don't have to run up a tree. I don't have to outrun none of y'all. I don't have to depend on a bulldog that may have changed his mind, and I don't blame him. See, fear is good sometimes. Fear can keep you from getting hurt sometimes. Getting in bad situations. And so sometimes, oh, praise God. That's the reason there ought to be always a wholesome, godly fear of how God, amen, moves and operates in our lives. That reverence. I am what I am by the grace of God. Actually, if you watch this lesson closely, if you study and because Paul reminded Timothy about the gift. The writer likes it to the Holy Ghost. And that's part of it. But you know what I, I really believe he was referring to? The gift of grace. The gift of grace. I mean he's thankful for the gift of grace. How I many he's needed the gift of grace? Not only prior. But even since, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it was a gift of grace that I found that Lord defined my deliverance even over some things that I feared. One of the greatest fears that we all probably bear, or probably, you know, is that moment when we got to face Him, that hour. But if you watch the scriptures closely, if you watch the disciples, even Timothy, history tells us, actually became a martyr. He became the pastor of the Ephesus church, and uh, he was actually killed for this gospel. That happened a lot more often in the New Testament, and some of the founders, amen, of this truth, and first followers of Jesus Christ, Peter, Paul. And, and so I believe... I believe the real fear that God and what Paul was telling Timothy here is the fear of death. I'm going to tell you something. If you can get an individual that reaches a point that they simply don't fear death, you can't do a whole lot with that person with threats. You can tell him, I'm fixing to shoot you full of holes. 
Shoot away. While I'm shooting. It's not that I fear death. It's just. And so they become more rebellious. Okay, just, just hang with me. The same way for you and I living for God. It's when we are walking with Him that we will not fear death. We won't be afraid to take on the challenges of bearing the cross, running the race, fighting the fight, even when it comes to the place of costing us our life. They could not intimidate these, these followers, especially Peter and Paul and them, by threatening them with death. We're going to throw you in dungeons. We're going to whip you. We will just, we'll just behead you. You can't stop the power of the word or the gospel. So, so there is a balance here. Amen. Of, um, as we, we live for God. So, again, we, we can understand as, as we watch some of this uh, unfold and take place. 1 John 4 and 18 has taught us there is no fear in what? There's no fear in love. How true that is. With your spouse, you can be more open with your spouse than with anybody else. You can be more yourself. You can be more honest with your spouse than with anybody else. You don't have to worry about covering up something. You ain't worried about impressing. That's the reason the home is so important to children. It's the safest place they can be. They don't have to worry about peers. They don't have to worry about impressing nobody. They don't have to worry about any of that. This is, this is my home. This is a security. I'm going to be loved here if I, if I fail or not. I'm going to be accepted and loved and cared for regardless. I'll never forget. That's one of the things that the former president, George Bush, talked about. And they asked him if he wasn't going to win. He said, Mom was going to love me anyway. I'll never forget that. Amen. How true that is. Mom was going to love me. And uh, so, so we understand that we're loved by God. This love. This love. This love helps us not to fear. Okay. Anybody fear of failure? Anybody ever f- fear failing God? Failing your brother or sister? Failing what you may think or feel or called to do? What sustains us a lot of times? What keeps us at times when we, when we feel we failed? Sometimes we may credit ourselves with failure when all said and done it was not failure. The gifts, if you go to studying them and watch Paul's writings unto them, uh, you'll notice that he's, one thing he says, wait on the Lord. Number two, to wait on his gifting, his anointing. And to God's gives you the ability. Let me ask you something. Does he give everybody the same ability? Same skills, same talents. same. Ab- he doesn't, does he? We see this in all the areas of our lives. From preachers. Right on down. That's the reason he said, don't judge yourselves among yourself. In fact, he goes on to say, hey, if you judge a brother, you're judging the law. And that's the reason we never use a brother and sister to tear them down to build ourselves. 
wrong. A lot of times whenever you're prone to want to tear others down, that means you, you're the one that's really fearful. If I got to belittle somebody else to make me look bigger, then I'm the one that's got the problem. This, this ain't what we expected, was Praise God. But thank God the word has made it very clear. Who have we really got to please when it's all said and done? What did the Lord tell us? Who does your sheep belong to? Who is the master? Who's the great shepherd? Who's the bishop? And so if, if that lamb pleases him, that's all that matters. That's all that's going to count. When some may have said, boy, you could have done better. Or others might have said, man, they've done awesome. All the opinions of, of, uh, of, of, of others. God help us. Help us to be God pleasers. Because why is that so important? That's what takes... That fear that can cause so much torment in our lives, in our own minds, in our own hearts, and in our own spirit. God, you help me live today pleasing you. That doesn't mean that I'm going to handle everything just perfect and how everybody, because what's this? There's some situations, regardless of how you handle it, this one has said, well, well you should have done this. That was it. Oh, I'd have done. But God knows all the ins and outs and everything that took place and knows. Knows it all. I'm going to say something else here. I, I'm not one of these that's so sold on the deal that just because something happened, that was God's will. I'm not sold on that. Because God knows all the choices. And the scripture makes it very plain to us when the right choices are made. Then this is what happens. That's called the law of the harvest. But if others. And so why is the spirit of fear? Because the spirit of fear causes torment and causes us to do things we wouldn't normally do. Possibly take chances we wouldn't. Possibly cause us to respond to certain individuals, certain circumstances in a way that we shouldn't. Please don't take this wrong. Why... Uh-huh. As a child, I never remember seeing anybody in the public wearing a pistol outside of a lawman. Now, they may have. I just don't remember. But it's becoming what? More and more common today. What's driving that? When you get down to it, I'm not against it. I'm just saying, what's driving that? Fear. Now, we can't say, well, that's really not carrying mine. Because, man, I'm... 
I understand what you're saying there, but at the same time, if you and I had real comfort that regardless of where we went, that we would never have to be under, pulled into that, we wouldn't, we wouldn't bear an arm. We wouldn't have to do that. Am I right? But it's the world we're in. And as the time advances, men are going to wax worse and worse because there's lunatics out there. Sometimes over nothing. Picks up a gun and wants to walk into a McDonald's and just start killing people. So out of the fear of that happening, we want to tote one so we can maybe prevent that. But the bottom line, fear is what's driving the issue. Believe it or not, I've been a little kind of looked down on because I, I haven't just designated certain men to tote guns in our church services. you're going to do we're praying first of all <laughs> they don't come here and if they do that we'll handle it far different than what they do the hand of God the power of God would move with us and we won't have to depend on somebody with a gun to take them out God that we serve would move in here and convict your hearts. And before it's over, we can get them an altar and pray them through. Tell me which one's the best outcome. Sending them to a devil's hell or watching God reaching them, them out. Now, which, which spirit dominated there? We're having fun today. I can see... Ain't that blind? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> How many of you wouldn't have a problem this morning if I took this mic and just brought it to you and said, all right, it's your service, it's your ball game. I hear you, brother. <laughs> Sometimes I want to say that, brother. I promise you. <laughs> it's over. It's done. <laughs> hey, praise God. And so, but if the Holy Ghost moved upon you, and you knew for certainty that it was God that wanted to use you for that moment and that time, you wouldn't say it's over. You'd say it's party time. <laughs> You ever been around somebody that's real bashful, kind of reserved and all that, until they get under the right influence and they become the light of the party and it shocks you? God works the same way and can work. I believe there are some fears that we definitely need to be delivered from. But I believe there are some fears that's very wholesome and healthy and that we need to keep vibrant in our lives. God can use them to help us um, to be molded. How many of you remember? And I'm almost sure, and y'all can correct me on this if you'd like, but, but I'm almost sure it was Brother Brady, Elder Brother Brady. 
How many of you seem like, I, I think it's, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, he made this statement up in this pit one night uh, about uh, getting butterflies about preaching. All right, I won't share it with him. <laughs> and he was 70, I can't remember, but he was up there because he was up there when he came. <laughs> but, uh, and so I thought, man, you crushed. <laughs> I thought one day we'd get over this, but we don't. But you know what my prayer is? God, if that's part of it to help keep me where I, to what? Depend on you. Depend on your anointing. Confidence is good until you put confidence in the wrong object. Substance. God. The devil didn't lie to Eve that day. You'll become like God's like us. You know what makes us God? The power to choose. And so we can build our own confidence and even get cocky with it. That's how they train a lot of your military, your highway patrolmen. Yep. They persuade them. In fact, in special forces, they push them to the point that they don't fear death. The Navy SEALs, they actually drown those men. Bring them back. Put them in a glass container. And they actually, to the place they suck water, and they revive. I don't think SEAL doing that, but that's the reason they question some of their, because they lose some sometimes. What are they trying to do? Take the spirit a fear of death out of them. Because if you don't fear death, you'll take on anybody. I can't die. If we could just get in the Holy Ghost like that. Devil, you can't take me out. You don't have enough imps. The blood of Christ, God Almighty, opposing me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But we got to stay balanced with that. There's the problem. And God uses us if we're not careful. We'll get confidence in. If we're not careful, we'll allow man to exalt us into a place and put us into it wouldn't be God's will. Love. True love of God that abides and flows out of us. With that love, that's where we can be assured of one thing. God, you love me. When I do good, you love me. And when I don't do so good, you love me. And it's this love that always keep bringing me back to the house of God. And it's this love that always keep me, amen, getting back up when I, when I fail so miserably. And we've all been there. We've all been there. One time or another. And probably all would confess and say more times than we'd like to admit. That's understandable why. Because we 
do not want to fail God. We don't want to fail our brothers and sisters. We don't want to fail nobody. But we're just flesh. We're just earthen vessels. Okay? I want to carry you. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? How many of you believe that God's for you? How many of you believe that God wants you to go to heaven? How many believe that God wants you to be victorious? How many believe that, that God does, does not want the devil to get the upper hand of you? Those sometimes are, we have, to, we have to reiterate them sometimes in our own minds and hearts and spirit. Because the devil would mess with our hearts. He would mess with our minds. Amen. S- trying to persuade us that, uh, that really it wasn't intent. Uh, he'll even question, he'll make you question if you got the Holy Ghost or not. I mean, if he tempted Jesus Christ, if thou be son of God. Who do we think we are? <laughs> So, he's looking. So, what is he doing? Cause you to fear your relationship, your companionship. To question it. So, it's so important as we understand. Now, watch what unfolds here in that Romans. I got way too many scriptures. I know Mark today, and, but I'll, I'm just going to go as far as I can go. Um. What, what was really leading up to this? What, what, what took place when you, when you start going back in the 6th chapter, the 7th chapter? And uh, he's dealing with sin. He's dealing with being a servant. He's, he's dealing with these things. And what leads up, he even talks about the law. And he talks about what the law, what the law done, which was what? was a schoolmaster that brought us to Christ. But what was the law really doing? It, it helped us to know not what to do. Amen. And it offered just a very small remedy of how to deal with it on a yearly basis. But never to conquer it. Never to get to the place that we could, we could, we would be victorious as a servant. Now watch this. If you go and look at that term servant. This is a term that nobody likes this day and time. And every time you say it, they just look in one area. But slaves. We're all slaves. Everybody's been a slave. We've all been a slave to the devil, believe it or not. Amen. That old nature that we was born with. Amen. And was, we was bound by it and slaved to it. And we walked in the power of it and the lust of it. And fulfilled things. And the iniquity, the spirit of iniquity lead from one to the next. And, and so as it worked in us. And so there took what? And so that's what he's writing about here. And as he talks about then he gets to the place and he begins to talk about what would separate us from the love of God and he talks about trials and tribulations and temptations and battles and things of this nature and why because now when you become born again you become a servant of God you become a vessel of here as Paul liked himself into being as a prisoner hallelujah nobody really likes this term but all of a sudden we become his slaves and we'd rather use the term sons and daughters because that still gives us that little bit of liberty thinking, you know, I, I can do what I want to. It's my body. It's my life. 
But really to walk in that area where there's no fear of God, here's the, here's the, here's the key. Huh. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And as long as we're walking in the Spirit of God, we have no reason of fear. Even though we may face death and afflictions and trials and battles. Even things that may overwhelm us as Moses faced and Noah faced. And as we watch many of them from Daniel and all the rest of them. And even with Peter and Paul and, and all them. But you know what? Because they was willing to walk in the spirit. Amen. You know what? We can do this. Because that's the reason Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. That didn't deliver him from all the fears of, of, of failures and things of that nature. As he struggled with some of that. And sometimes even falsely accused him. And in trials and in the deep sometimes. And things of that nature. But he knew inside of him. God loves me. Just because I'm facing a trial here in a battle. Doesn't change the love of God. And I'm not going to fear this. What, what about the first martyr? What about Stephen? They were raining down on him with them stones. Fear of death was taken out of him. And he got to see things that others didn't get to see. So that's the difference I'm talking about. And the lesson's really talking about here of this fear. It's not God's will that every time... you know. I, I'm not making light of this, but I've had people uh, told me one time, this gentleman told me he don't come to my church because he's afraid to come across that Pascal River Bridge. That's absolute truth. Now, that's where you get in Proverbs, I think, where the guy that doesn't want to do nothing says, oh, there's a lion here and a bear there and all these excuses why you can't do something. You know what the real problem is? Fear. Fear will torment you. Fear will drive you into a cave. Fear will isolate you. Fear will keep you from. How in the world did Peter step out of that boat that day? Because all of a sudden he was looking at one. Said, "If I be him, bid me to come." And all that fear of that time, until he got his eyes off of him. And I'm gonna tell you, on this journey, sometimes that's what happens. But we gotta keep our eyes on him. We gotta keep our focus on. Paul talks about the material and earthly thing. Come on, you got to keep your focus on. That's got to be the driving factor. That's got to be the pulling force. It's not what this life has and what it has to offer. It's that one to come with a real reward and, and, and the, the, the benefits are going to be. But we've got to contend with this one. We've got to deal. I, you know... I'd love to, you know, if somehow we had the power to just do away with the fear in the world today. The anxiety. Paul said, be careful about nothing. That means to be anxious, full of anxiety. Paul, Jesus taught us, he said, don't pull in all the worries of tomorrow today. You just can't take care of today. You can get to worry about tomorrow and the next day and about your kids about your grandkids. All of a sudden it can overwhelm you. All of a sudden it can start overpowering you. All of a sudden you're thinking. Man I don't know if this. Huh. So. 
What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? How many of you believe you're going to make heaven? Without hesitation. Oh, I made some blunders and I messed up. Man, I don't have no problem coming to my altar. I don't have no problem confessing, oh, God, help me. That is real key. It really is. I don't have no problem working on my fellowship and relationship with you, God. Because the only way that I can keep a good relationship with my spouse or with my family or even with my church, I got to keep a good one with you. If I can keep a good one with you, it's sure going to help me in those other areas. Not to be intimidated, not to be fearful. You know, the scripture warned us as pastors not to act like what lords over God's heritage. Come up here and just beat up people and, you know, just be. That ain't God's will. I hope you don't feel that way. So, so, so as a, the writer gets into the lesson and... Um, First part of it, he talks about stirring up the gift of God, which is in you. And uh, to my fanning it, and we like it even about the Holy Ghost. And thank God for it. We, we need that. We need God to help us. And uh, because we're living in a crazy world. We're living in a world of, of uncertainty. We're living in a world that you never know what you may subject or prone to face any moment, any time. But we have the comfort, we have the assurance that God's with us and, and God will help us, you know. Uh, you know, the Bible's instructed us how to even a lot of times with, with uh, uh, when somebody comes against us to respond to them what? With a kind answer, kind word, turns wrath away. He went on to tell us, he said, not railing for railing. Sometimes the power lies within us, whether or not if the fire's going out or if we fix and explode it. A lot of time depends on us if we're going to throw gasoline on it or we're going to throw water on it. That's where God helps us to give us the wisdom and the knowledge by His Spirit of how to handle this situation, how to respond. That will represent you, God. That will be pleasing to you. I, I mean, this is what I'm about. It's not about me anyway. It's about you, Lord. It's about your name. It's about your kingdom. And, and, and that's what we want to do. And so, so anyway, we're what? So we receive what? Power, power. The writer talks about, and he says, some say that in Iran. And I'm a little hesitant about using terms and things like that when you don't seem. But anyway, he talks about in Iran how the church is, is fat, going there faster, amen, than it is in, in America or in other places. And, and some of the reason is because of the persecution. Because there, if you confess Jesus Christ, especially if you do it openly, you're prone and subject by the law, by the government there. It could cost you your life and uh, your family and things of that nature. And so we do know in the book of Acts, the greater they try to persecute the church, the more it explodes. It, greater revivals, greater outpouring. So we, we understand, amen, that persecution, uh, amen, causes us and helps produce, 
I won't never forget, amen, what Mark made mention to me after coming in, uh, after he joined into the Marines and whatever, he joined in the Army, what I can't remember. But anyway, uh, he, he said one thing they were taught, he said. So, he said, war times is subject to breed and raise up strong men. He said, peace times don't. But we all won't. And that's what we pray for. And so we have the understanding to hold on to that. We must be strong. And so the reason Jesus taught us. He said as long as the strong man is not bound. Who's the strong man of this house? Who's the strong man of this temple? Who is the author and finisher? Who's the one that doesn't know any limits? So as long as we won't quench or grieve the Spirit of God that's in us, we're going to be victorious. I didn't say it, it wouldn't be painless. I didn't say it wouldn't be with trials. I didn't say, but we're going to be victorious. If we just don't let the strong man be bound. Because when the strong man becomes bound, then, then what can happen? Take it. That's the reason people that, that starts in leadership and, and pre- in preaching or in singing. And even the singers and instrument players up here. Guess what? You become more of a target of the enemy. To bombard you and attack you. There'll be times, a man, that you don't even know, what is this coming from? What is this? But we can't fear those times. We can't fear those tactics that may come against us. It's eleven thirty. Um, let's go to the let's go to the, the 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 scripture lesson, the text. I find it amazing a few things in this particular lesson here this morning that um, you and I can really observe and and, and take note of, of what's going on. Uh, the king of Syria wanted to war against Israel, and so as he would counsel his servants of certain places they would go. God would move upon Elisha, and so Elisha and, uh, would inform the king of Israel to beware and not to go to these places and uh, not to be there. And so when Syria would show up, the king of Israel and his people wouldn't be there. And so this didn't only happen once or twice. To, we really don't know how many times it happened. It just simply tells us it didn't happen not once nor twice. And therefore, whenever the heart of the king of Syria had uh, become so troubled by this happening so often, he, he felt and he thought that, you know what, we got a spy among us. We got somebody that's uh, uh, telling us. And I couldn't help but think, you know, he had one, but not one a man to tell what Israel was doing, but he had one to know what, where Israel was getting their answer from. He had one that had a little insight with what was really going on, a man, and what was taking place. And so this, you know, I find this a little amazing that the king of Syria just didn't take that to heart and to realize a man that, you know what, they got a man of God that's instructing them just, you know, how am I going to war against this? How am I going to handle this? And, and so we find it absolutely amazing. And if you start putting this in the spiritual realms, that the king of Syria decided that he would get his host, his great host, a man to go down there and take on this one little apostolic preacher a man to get him and to bring him before him 
And um, apparently he hadn't read about Elijah. <laughs> Amen. When some went after him and how fire came down uh, and, and what took place there. And But anyway, God allowed this. And so when they showed up, the little servant steps out early, the Bible says. And as a servant looks around at this point in time, all he can see is the enemy. All he can see is defeat. All he can see that, hey, we're in trouble. What in the world are we going to do? And But Elisha responds to him by asking the Lord to open his eyes that he might can see. Boy, I'm telling you what, church, we need our eyes open. We need our ears to be open. We need to hear the voice of God in amongst all the voices and the activities that's going on among us. I don't know how many of you are trying to keep up, and I'm not trying to keep up with it, but it was brought to my attention this past week that a lot of your, and I don't know how they all got the handle Pentecost, but a lot of them's having to back up. A lot of them's having to revamp. Some of them's not. Some of them are. Some of them's apologizing, but, uh, but because of the Trump and the outcome of the Trump situation, a man that prophesied and said he was going to be president no matter what, and he's going to be brought back in, and I don't have all these because if you uh, read the description of them, they don't, none of them follow apostolic Pentecostal appearance or anything else, but they all got the hand of Pentecost, and so now they're again, a man warring against the, the power of prophecy and the accuracy of it and things of that nature, and so no doubt the devil is doing everything he can to strike fear again, Amen. In true apostolic prophetic workings of God. But I'm here to tell you. Amen. If there's ever been a time that you and I need to walk in the Holy Ghost. And be the voice of God. And that voice. Amen. Will not be contrary to what's in this book. So we got a guide. Amen. To go by. If we'll just stay in the balance. If we'll just stay inside the realms. We'll stay inside the lines. And nothing ever exempts us from doing that. And so as we watch here. This prophet. Amen. As he, he prays and uh, Ask him now. The first answer to him was to fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Hallelujah. I mentioned it already, but we got to sometimes just look at ourselves and say, you know what, God, I don't have a whole lot of strength within myself, a whole lot of talent or skill with him, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I believe that includes the devil, but I also believe it includes the spirit of iniquity and all the other imps and spirits, amen, that will war against us, that are set up snakes and traps amen because uh, Paul warned us he said let's don't be ignorant of Satan's devices another place he said don't make provision for the flesh so what I'm telling you amen this morning that you and I we can make this journey we don't have to fear and fret and worry about what tomorrow holds God's already got it all mapped out and lined up and I'm telling you the church is going to be victorious the church is going to be raptured to church amen and those that will walk in the Holy Ghost and walk in the love of Christ and humble and yield themselves and submit themselves unto God and submit themselves to one another. Hallelujah. If there's ever been a generation, we need to learn how to submit because without submitting, we can't resist the devil. You can resist it, but if you don't submit, you're not going to be successful. But if we first submit to him, to his word, and to his voice, hallelujah, then we're going to have success resisting the devil, overcoming the devil, defeating the devil. I'm no match for the devil, but God's word is, God's spirit is. If I listen to his voice, hallelujah, I will tell you, I don't need a visitation from an angel. I just need to tune my ears into the Holy Ghost and what the Holy Ghost is telling me in my own heart and mind and spirit. And I want to tie in last week's lesson. And the only way to do that is keep my conscience, amen, from being cheered and keep my conscience, amen, from being damaged and keeping my conscience, amen, getting, getting against God or anybody else. It's the only way I can do it. To keep fear from slipping in, dominating, controlling, hindering. 
what God would want us to do. So, watch what. So he prayed. He said, open the eyes. And so now he can see. And as he looks around, all around the mountain, there's... Scriptures taught us that Lucifer took only one-third. That left how many? Two to one. Two to one. But you know, there's one greater than the angels that walks among us, sitting on the circuit of the earth, intercedes in the heavens into the, the tabernacle, the pattern that was upon the earth, but now it's in the heavens. And as we cry out, as we intercede, and as he intercedes in the spiritual realm. I know I've done mentioned some things about the guns and our response and how we're going to handle these things. And I don't know all the perfect answers to all that stuff. Every situation probably has to be handled different. That's the reason you got courts and lawyers and as they look into it, who made the right decisions and, and handled it the best they could. And pressures on everybody, especially of the law, the people of the law. Amen. If they, they responded, you know, right. If they didn't provoke it, they didn't, you know, if there's any other way and uh, things of that nature. Uh, but but watch, watch out if you read on, if you read beyond this, what really took place. Elisha now. Amen. Uh, he done already been informing the king of Israel. And they had to go to Dothan. Dothan was actually a city that's outside of Jerusalem, outside of where the king of Israel was at. And uh, it's just a little city that wouldn't, wouldn't have been no match for this war, no match for this battle. And uh, but days after, just the man of God. But God, Elisha prayed and asked that uh, this great host would be blinded. God's got a way of fighting our battles. If we trust him. We gotta trust him. That God you'll fight our battles. Because if we let God fight it, it's the best way. If the king of Israel was fighting this battle, they would annihilate and destroyed everybody. But since the king of Israel wasn't fighting this battle, and God was through Elisha. And he prayed to just smoke them with blindness. Then they lead them down. He said, this is the place that you was looking for. This is the city. This is. Led him to Jerusalem. Brings and presents him to the king of Israel. Oh, the king of Israel jumps up and all of a sudden says, hey, hey, can we smoke them? And Elisha has to bring it to his attention. said, if you'd, have, if you'd have conquered them with sword, your own swords and your spears, and finally just simply tells them no. He said, you're going to give them bread, you're going to give them water, and we're going to let them go home. That sets good with us, don't it? But watch this. They had peace for the remainder. For so long after that. But if you'd have done it. King of Israel. And the arm of flesh. 
that wouldn't have been the last encounter and the last battle. You're not going to defeat the devil and the spiritual powers of this world except through Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost and obedience to it. You can use all the other tactics. You can use all the other ideas that man comes up with. But I'm telling you, we got to get back to some old basic measures and means and ways. Some old landmarks and some old pathways. And we'll defeat this enemy. I'm telling you, we'll defeat it. We got to get back to the book of Acts of some good old fashioned praying and fasting and loving truth and loving God and loving people and find the favor. I'm telling you, the Bible's full of finding favor. How do you do that? I mean, walking in the holy. That's the only true place of no, where no fears or regrets or worries. I don't know how many of you are feeling like you're falling to the wayside. I don't know how many of you are. I feel like you're just, as Brother Barry mentioned the other night, plastic Christians. I can tell you this much, it's not the will of God. And if I failed you, I'll do my best to try to correct it. I apologize, I'll do whatever I got to do. It's not my desire to hinder anybody from being anything that God wants you to be. It's definitely not my desire to anybody wind up being lost. And I'm willing. I'm willing to do whatever God wants me to do for this church to make it. And for this church to be what God wants it to be. Not what I want it to be. And not what you want it to be. But what God wants it to be. This house, this place of worship, is actually the most important place of your life. Your home is next in line. And our home is more important than the White House. Not that the White House is not important. What they condone and push and whatever is one thing. But what we allow in our own homes and what's allowed here. I've never claimed to be educated. I've never claimed to be the sharpest guy. Maybe I'm not as observant as I should be, but I'm not the big fan of preaching from observation either. Paul done it at times. But if there's ever been time, we just need some good old-fashioned anointing preaching from the heavens with true humbleness and meekness and brokenness. We need it, folks. This is where genuine healing can come in. And the body needs to be healed. And the body needs to be delivered of some anxieties and fears and regrets and whatever else you want to name. It's one thing I've ever been. This is early, early, early in my life of living for the Lord. Felt impressed to God. I'm not interested in birthing deformed, Holy Ghost filled children. They won't survive. They won't produce. 
They won't live the victorious life. They might make it, I don't know. But chances are going to be very slim. But if we produce good, solid, filthy, Holy Ghost-filled children. When I make that statement, I'm not talking about just little bitty children or young people. I'm talking about if they come in here and be 65 years of age. But that transforming, recreating power of the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the power and presence of God to take that God that's battled with whatever, whatever addictions. It was in our lesson. Remember what he said? Can't pay, your, can't pay your house note because of your addictions. Going to casinos or whatever it might be. Hey, our world's full of it today. I don't say that with no form or type of judgment. I, God have mercy. I could, be, I could be among them. If it weren't for God's gift called grace. I am what I am by his grace. It's not my doings. It's not that I'm any smarter or any what, nothing. It's his grace. When they walk by us out there instead of making remarks and, or even possibly shunning them, maybe compassion and mercy and grace says, I know a better way. I know, better, I know a God that loves you. I know God that loves you right now. Your, mess, your life's amazing. I say, but, but I'm telling you, there's a better way. And that's what you and I become, become an example of. And the best way we show that is by our own actions and words and deeds. Of how I treat my fellow brother and sister. Why? Because I wouldn't be here this morning without His grace. I hadn't outsmarted the devil. I'm not bigger than the devil. I'm not bigger than sin. The God that I serve is. That's the reason you got to have him. That's the reason you got to have a shepherd. You got to have a lamb. You got to have a true Pentecost experience. Because this is the only thing that takes the fear out. I'm ready to meet you today, God. Paul made it clear. Listen to his journey. When they tried to get him not to go. Pond with ship, afflictions waiting on. I don't know what I was waiting on. Hey, 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 hey. Don't mess me up. Finish my course. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to die. My departure. In fact, if you watch closely, the second Timothy, most believe, is the very last letter that Paul wrote before his departure. Kind of like Deuteronomy with Moses. He knew, hey, I'm fixing to leave here. I'm fixing to be persecuted. But I'm willing to die for it. And I'm going to do it. I'm not going to mumber. I'm not going to complain. It's God's will. 
not my will, but thy will be done. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you. As we pray for your touch in our lives. We pray for your will as our heavenly Father, as our Lord and Savior through Jesus Christ. Through the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you help us as a church, God. You help us to humble ourselves unto you and to your word and to your spirit. You help us to turn from any evil or wicked things that are unholy and unrighteous. You help us present these bodies unto you that would be holy and acceptable and pleasing in your sight. And God, through obedience, we'd watch the mighty hand of God and the voice of God and the spirit of God work on our behalf and bring us unto the revival. Bring us unto the place, God, that we would have no fear Amen. Of you and your work and doing your business and doing your bidding in our community and with our families. But under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, with the love and the compassion and anointing of winning souls, of winning souls, of being a soul winner. You help us, God. You help us here today. The enemy is doing everything he can to destroy, but God... We pray the Holy Ghost will lift up a standard. The Holy Ghost would move on our behalf. We'd do obedience unto the Holy Ghost, unto the Word of God. As we come together, unite together, bind together, bond together. No greater bondmanship than love, God. That would bond us together for your service. We want to be your body. We want to be your hands. We want to be your feet. We want to be your mouthpiece. We want to be who and what you want us to be, God. In the world that we're living in today, as we humble ourselves unto your will, in that precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray this morning, giving you the glory, giving you the praise for the mighty works that you're going to do in Bendale. Giving you the thanks for the mighty works that's going to transpire through the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. We're going to go to baptismal service. And Sister Teresa is going to be buried in that lovely name of Jesus this morning. There is no other way. Have the blood applied. Amen. To find remission. To activate. Amen. This part of the kingdom and power of God in our lives. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Amen. As he washes our sins, forgives us. So if you would, let's join over in the fellowship hall. Amen. God bless you.